Welcome to the official broadcast of Life Fellowship Ministries in Kima, Texas. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. Be sure to visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. Happy New Year. I'm so glad that all of you are here. Let's recite our mission statement at Life Fellowship. It is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. So let me ask you, how is your relationship with Christ? Because, you, you know, we can take stock and say, is, this, is my relationship authentic? Is it really right? Is it really good? Are you developing a deeper, more intimate relationship with him? That's our target, that we come into a deep, personal, intimate relationship with him, and we continue to grow in that. The goal or the results are that we will impact the world with the love of Christ. In fact, let's recite our, our vision statement. It is to make disciples who will impact the world with the love of Christ. And your world begins right here in your family, in your neighborhood, and extends out. It doesn't necessarily mean you're in Sudan or India or the Philippines. Our mission, our mission field is right here before us. So I'm so excited to begin 2019 with a new series. It's called God First. Um, in, in Matthew 6, Jesus teaches his disciples not to worry about life, having food, having clothes, those kinds of things. So let's go to Matthew 6, 31 through 33. So don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? Verse 32, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Verse 33, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything that you need. All we have to do is praise Him. All we have to do is worship. All we have to do is bow down and give our lives to Him. All we have to do is stay still and watch Him do His, his miraculous things that He does. Sure, we have to get up and go to work. We have to show up. But we, we need to release everything to Him. This series is about making God first in our lives. You know, there are some people that do place God first in their lives. And when I talk about placing God first, I'm not talking about praying two and a half hours a day and, you know, all these things that we think that that means. What it really means is this heart connection with Him. And it does include some of those things. It does include giving of our time and our talents and our treasures. But most importantly, it, 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 it's about this heart connection with Him. Because when we have that connection with Him, then those things will be a natural outflow. I mean, I don't have to make myself spend time with my wife, whom I love dearly, because it's a natural progression from the relationship that we have. And so it should be the same with us. So some people place God first in their life. Some people, well, God's okay in my life, you know, if it's convenient, wherever it kind of fits in. If it's not an inconvenience for me, and then some people probably don't think anything about having God in their life. And so the, the purpose that we were created was to be in relationship with Him and one another, but that we could walk in this relationship and, and that we could live the kind of life that, that we were designed to live. You know, Jesus said in John 10.10, 10, the thief has come to what? Steal, kill, and destroy 
But my purpose, Jesus said, is to give them, give us, a rich and satisfying life. And we see around us all the time where people's lives are being stolen, where they're being killed, where they're being destroyed. Maybe not physically, but maybe spiritually, emotionally, mentally. And so Jesus didn't come that we would live a marginal life, but he says, seek the kingdom of God first and live righteously. How are we made made righteous? By the blood of Christ, by accepting him. Seek the kingdom of God first, live righteously, and he will give us everything that we need. So many of the, the biblical principles are opposite of our natural behavior or our natural way of thinking. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. No, no, huh? No, when they come back and apologize to me, that's when I'll forgive them. Encourage. And you will be encouraged. I don't really feel like encouraging anyone. Pick up the phone and call somebody. Begin to encourage them. Because what happens is we begin to get our eyes off of ourself and onto him. And he begins to work through us. And as he works through our life, then something happens in us. Humble yourself and you will be exalted. Promote yourself and you will be humbled. No, it's all about me. I have to promote myself. No, you don't. All you have to do is stand still. Just do a job. Do your job at work and do it with excellence. The word says, do you see a man who excels in his work? He will not stand before common man, but he will stand before kings. And so as we just do, as we honor our boss, as we honor those in authority over us, God will promote us. I've seen it happen in my life where I began to honor my, my boss instead of trying to be the boss and, and, you know, chattering about, you know, how he ought to do it this way and that way and blah, blah, blah. When I began to serve him in the manner in which I would want to be served, when I began to serve my pastor in the manner that I would want to be served, God began to elevate me and promote me. See, it's different than what the world says. The world says, you've got to promote yourself. You go in there and you tell that boss. And God says, you just do what I've asked you to do. Seek the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of man, not the kingdom of self. Live righteously, and I'll provide all that you need. This morning I want to talk about fasting. Fasting increases our sensitivity physically. And feeds us spiritually. We, we would think, it's again, it's opposite, right? I need to eat. Well, no. When we begin to sacrifice and give to the Lord our, our time, our talents, our treasure, and we take time to fast and pray, there's something that happens in us spiritually. So this morning, I'm, I'm beginning this series about fasting, and I, I have a couple of definitions for fasting. Fasting is to abstain from all or some kinds of food or drink, especially as a religious observance. Now, I know most of us have fasted. Maybe you're going to have some blood work done or something like that, and the, uh, the, the doctor's office says you need to fast. Don't eat anything after midnight, and don't drink any water after 8 a.m. or something like that. And, uh, you know, there are people that fast and uh, for various reasons, for uh, uh, physical reasons, maybe to lose weight or, or something like that or other dietary reasons. And those are, those are beneficial, I'm sure. There's benefit to that. But when we're talking about fasting, we're talking about from a biblical standpoint to deny our body by abstaining from food, only drinking water, and intentionally spending time with the Lord in prayer. That's what I'm talking about when I talk about fasting. So I know that some of you, 
uh, probably many of you will not be able to fast, uh, do a water fast for 21 days, but you can fast something. Um, you know, I've heard people say, well, I'm going to fast Coca-Cola or soft drinks, or I'm going to fast chocolate for a day. You know, I mean, come on. We, we can do better than that. We can, we can determine that we're going to spend time, that we're intentionally going to fast and pray and spend time with him. And I know that uh, you, you have jobs to go to during the, the week, and, and maybe you set aside your lunch time and uh, go to the park or something or isolate yourself and spend some time seeking the Lord. That's the heart. That's the goal. Not that we do some religious activity, uh, but that we seek him. That's the heart and the goal. So my first question is, my first point really is, so why fast? Jesus modeled it for us. Jesus fasted and prayed a lot. And before he began his ministry, he went into the desert and fasted for 40 days. So let's look at Matthew 4, 1, 1 and 2. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. And so we see time and time again where Jesus would isolate. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus did this. Jesus, who was fully God, fully man, fasted and prayed. If Jesus fasted and prayed, Amen. Jesus can relate to us. He went through all the same testings that we may or have gone through. But he did it without sin. When he was in, uh, in the wilderness, Satan tempted him. We know that Jesus is the Word. John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. And uh, verse 14, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So the Word of God, is, Jesus is the Word. And we know that when he was tempted by Satan in the wilderness, Satan said, Okay, you're hungry. Why don't you turn these, these stones into bread? You can do that if you, have, if you have all this authority that you're talking about. And Jesus, every time, uh, uh, came against Satan with the word of God. He said, we do not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And then Satan said, jump off this high place, and the angels will protect you. And again, he quoted the word. He said, you, you must not test the Lord your God. And then Satan tempted him again. He said, I will give you the kingdoms of this world if you will kneel down and worship me. And Jesus said, get out of here. You must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. And so when the enemy comes against us, that's another tool that we have, is that we can use the word of God. And uh, another thing, uh, we're talking about fasting today, and fasting is important. But one of our greatest tools is worship. Worship is the, one of the best keys that we have to warfare, to fighting this battle. Whenever I've been in spiritual warfare, that feels, it feels oppressive. I, I, I feel angry. I feel anxious. I feel uptight. I don't want to pray. I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to worship. But when I begin to worship... Something breaks. Something breaks off. And so worship is so vitally important. Fasting is important, but we need to spend time in worship and in prayer because that's where the battle is taking place. So Jesus countered Satan with the word. Jesus is the word. Jesus knew his purpose and knew God's plan 
to die as a sinless lamb, to be the final complete sacrifice required to pay for all of our sins. Hebrews 4.14 says, So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. What do we believe? So whenever you come here on a Sunday morning, I'm going to challenge you. What do you believe? What does the Word of God say? And as we read uh, the Scriptures, as we spend time with the Lord, as we read the Bible and devotionals, we get the Word of God down in us, and we know what we believe. Because we don't want you to, to just believe the Word because someone tells you. We want you to believe the Word because you understand and you have this personal, intimate relationship with Christ, and you see the Word living, being lived out through your life. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. He understands what it's like to fast. <laughs> he understands what it's like to be tempted because he went through all the temptations that we have or will ever go through. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses for he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. Verse 16, so let us come, what, boldly to the throne of grace, to our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. So we have full access to the throne of grace. And we know that when Jesus died, the, the veil in the temple that separated the holy of holies where the presence of God resided was ripped from the top to the bottom, indicating that we now have presence into the holy of holies. We don't have to go and sacrifice animals or, or send in a, a high priest every, every year to pay or, and pray for our sins. But we now have access to the throne of grace where we can go boldly into the throne of grace and present our petition with thanksgiving and praise and worship, knowing that, that he is there and that he will help us in our time of need. Fasting brings us into a posture where our sensitivity to the Holy Spirit is heightened. So why fast? That's my first point. My second point is fasting brings us into closer relationship with God. Our fleshly desires are in direct opposition to the things of the Lord. When we deny our physical desires, our spirit man increases in sensitivity and strength. I remember I was on an extended fast one day before we moved here. And we, because we didn't have any food in the house because we'd been fasting, uh, I went to HEB and I walked into the produce department. And as soon as the doors opened, man, I could smell the aroma of the oranges, the lemons, you know, just things that you don't normally smell because your senses physically are heightened as well as, as, your, as your spiritual uh, man is heightened or, or uh, more aware of what's going on. And I remember walking around an end cap and there were some hostess cookies or cupcakes there in a package. And it's like my flesh was wanting to just rip the box open and rip open the package and stuff a cupcake in my mouth and I said shut up flesh or you'll go another week without eating <laughs> so our flesh is something that we have to contend with 
And when fasting, I, I realize that there may be limitations to what you could do because of your work environment or because of your diet or, or whatever. But don't let your flesh dictate what you're going to do. You tell your flesh, no, you can't have a hostess cupcake. And if you keep it up, we're just going to extend this longer. So you just shut up and submit. So our flesh is something that we have to contend with on a daily basis. But our spirit, man, the word says, do not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Because we need to walk in the power of the spirit, of the Holy Spirit. And so as we take time to fast and pray, God builds us up. God strengthens us. And he's, he's killing some of that flesh that wants to control because your flesh wants to control you and cause you to do all kinds of things. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, just do it one more time or just have one more drink or just one more and, and, and that'll be all. It's ne- one is never enough. One is never enough because the flesh can never be satisfied. But the spirit man in us needs to reside over our fleshly man. And, and so fasting is a way that we can do that where we become more aware of his presence. And as we become more aware of the strength of the flesh that we're fighting, we can pray more and say, you know what, I need, I need this connection with God on a deeper level to keep me from stumbling and falling in some of those areas. I think that, that the enemy gets credit for some things that he didn't have anything to do with. It's just our stinking flesh that causes us to do things. Okay, so we become more aware of him and his presence when we're fasting and praying. And, you know, you may be thinking, well, you know, I fasted and prayed, and I didn't uh, hear thunder and see lightning and all these things. You know, sometimes it doesn't happen. But sometimes it's that small, still voice speaking to our hearts. Sometimes it's just reading the Word of God and getting revelation. Sometimes it's thinking about the lyrics to the song, You are my great defender. What does that mean, God? You're defending me in this situation. You're defending me in life. And maybe you're like me. You think back to some of the things where you should have died, where you should have not have survived that night. You don't even know how you got home, whatever it looks like. We have a great defender. And all we have to do is praise. All we have to do is worship. All we have to do is bow down. All we have to do is stand still and let him defend us. We don't have to go and defend ourselves. My third point this morning is fasting brings us into alignment with God's purpose for our life, his plan for our life. Are are you seeking a new job? Are you seeking a, a spouse? Are you seeking some significant direction in your life? What if we ask God first? Instead of asking him later, God, you got me into this relationship. I need some help to get out. I got into this job. I hate this job, God. Why don't we ask him first? Why don't we get his heart, his pulse, his desire for our lives? As we hear God speaking to our spirit, we gain greater insight and direction from the Lord. That's what this is all about. It's not about some religious activity, but it's about seeking him and hearing from him. Our sensitivity is developed as we spend more time with him. (laughs) I can look at my wife and I can tell what she's thinking, good or bad. 
because there's a sensitivity there. Uh, right now it's good. Yeah, yeah, she's laughing. That's a good sign. That's a good sign. Yes, thank you, Jesus. 1 Corinthians 4.20, for the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk, but it's living by God's power. Do you want to live by God's power? I do too. And I think that's what the Lord wants for us. We cannot live by God's power when attempting to live through our own power, our own flesh. It's not going to happen. It's only through His power that we can live by His power. I want to see everyone living by God's power and doing everything Jesus said that we could do. Again, Jesus didn't come to give us a marginal life. He came to give us life abundant. Jesus said this in John 14. Let me say that again. Jesus said this in John 14, 12. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. What did Jesus do? People got healed. People got raised from the dead. He's saying that you can do the same things as I've done. And so when we come into to purpose and alignment with his heart, to know his heart, his desires, his plans, then we can go out and live it. Absolutely. I don't want anything less than what God has for me. Romans 12, 1 and 2. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Think about all the things that God has done for you. I mean, if you don't have anything, you can use me. Think of all the things God has done for me, you know. But God has done a lot for us. And so, I plead with you, Paul is saying, I plead with you, give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let them, who? Let them who? Our bodies. Let them, our bodies, be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. That we don't just talk about it, but we let God transform us. Oops, I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay, let me, let's go on to verse 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. And so we come into this place, we come into this relationship, and God begins to transform us by the way that we think, by coming into alignment with his word, what he says about us. I know your mom said this about you, and your dad said that, and you were abandoned, and you were, you've been rejected. Or You know, wait, 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 what does God's word say? He says that he loves me, that I'm his prized possession of all creation. I'm his prized possession, that I'm his masterpiece. And that he forgives me. Even when those voices and those videotapes play in my mind, oh, remember this? Yeah, I remember that, but I've been forgiven. And so when Satan begins to remind you of your past, remind him of his future. All right? So we don't, we don't have to live there, guys. And there are people that are in prison. The door is wide open. The gate's open. And there's a sign that says, come on out. And they want to stay there. They want to camp there. And Jesus said, I died on the cross to pay for all that. All you have to do is receive it. Just receive it. And then you can go out and live this victorious life. But so many people are bound up by stuff that Jesus has already paid the price for. Why, why would we do that? Okay. Because we're stupid, maybe. I don't know to answer that question. All right. 
I want to talk a little bit about different ways to fast. Some of you have heard about a Daniel fast. Have you ever heard about a Daniel fast? Have you ever done a Daniel fast? And uh, that, the premise of that is no sweets, no meat, no alcohol. Well, let me tell you, that's not really a fast. <laughs> it's, it's a different dietary approach. Fasting, biblical fasting means you don't eat salad, soup. I remember there's a guy that I saw on social media that, that I know, a friend of mine, and uh, they were doing a fast, and he was doing a Daniel fast, and he had a picture of this huge, he'd been one of those soup and salad places, right? This huge bowl of salad, and not one, not two, not three, but four cups of soup. And I'm like, dude, you're not on a fast. That's not a fast. <laughs> That's a feast right there. You know? <laughs> so, uh, but what I want you to do, I want you to ask the Lord what he wants you to do. And again, don't let your flesh determine what you're going to do. And uh, you may want to do something like you fast two or three days a week, you know. Or you may, what, what my wife does sometimes is she'll eat, uh, she'll fast one meal a day. In other words, she'll eat breakfast and lunch and fast dinner, not eat dinner. And then the second week, she'll eat breakfast and she'll not eat lunch or dinner. And then the third week, she'll not eat anything, just water. And, uh, but, you know, just do what you feel like the Lord is calling you to do. And don't take the easy way out. Oh, I'm going to fast chocolate for a day. Uh, that, that's not what I'm talking about, okay? Um, everyone can fast something. Okay, maybe you have a, a situation where you can't go without eating. Well, you can fast something. Something that's important to you. And more importantly, something that will allow you to put down that you can go and spend time with the Lord. Because if you're, if you're not eating... And you're not spending time with the Lord. You're just not eating. You're just dieting, okay? So the goal is that we sacrifice something, that we uh, determine that we're going to fast and pray and spend time with the Lord. The purpose is to dedicate time in seeking Him. And not only seeking Him, but taking time to listen to what He's saying. And it's not always about presenting our request to him and a laundry list of things that we have. Okay, God, I need you to do this. this. Are we taking time for him to speak to us? That's important. So let me, let me give you uh, some additional insight. Moses gives the key of life to Israel. And many of you have heard these scriptures before because I think it's really critical. Deuteronomy thirty nineteen and 20. This is Moses talking to the children of Israel before they go into the promised land. And he says, today I have given you, say you, you, the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you, you make. I, I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice that you make. See, God doesn't, he didn't make us to be robots. He gives us the opportunity to choose to worship him or not. He gives us the opportunity to give our lives to him, all of our lives or part of our lives, whatever we want to do. But what he wants is our heart. He wants us to give our life to him. Verse 19 continues, Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. Verse 20, You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and committing yourself firmly to him. You can make this choice. By loving the Lord your God, obeying Him, and committing yourself firmly to Him. And then here's the key to this. 
this is the key to your life. The key to living this life that Christ called us to. Verse 20 continues. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land. The Lord swore to give your ancestors Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so God had given them a promise. And, and so he's saying, if you will do this, you will live long in the land. And we know that they stumbled and fell. They would serve God for a while, and then they would begin to worship other idols, and they would get uh, captured by other tribes, and then they would cry out to God and say, oh, we repent, we're sorry, and then God would release them. And over and over and over again, we, we see this trend where they would seek God, God would bless them, protect them, provide for them, then they would turn away from the Lord, and they would get into all kinds of trouble. Has that ha ever happened to any of us? Fasting and prayer are two ways to hear from the Lord and develop a deeper, more personal, intimate relationship with Him. The key to your life is love God, obey God, commit firmly to Him. I recognize brokenness in my life and in the lives of others. And, you know, what's interesting is we can be saved, we can be filled with the Holy Spirit, yet live broken and defeated lives so how is that how, how do we get out of that cycle there's only one way that i know of and that's an authentic relationship with christ i'm not saying we don't we don't ever have any challenges or, or trials or tribulations in fact james says count it all joy when you have trials and tribulations for the testing of your faith is built up it builds us up but you know it, it, it makes me I guess, righteously angry when I see people's lives being destroyed because the enemy is coming in and he's doing what he does. He's coming in to steal, kill, and destroy. When Jesus said, I came to give you and them abundant life. And it's, it's, it revolves around this relationship and understanding the word of God. What does God's word say? That we can live in victory and that the enemy is defeated. But yet, many Christians live a defeated life. And again, I'm not talking about that you never have any challenges and it's all rainbows and butterflies when you receive Christ, but we can live in victory and we live in a sinful world where things happen. But we, when we come into this authentic relationship with Jesus, when we're yielding to Him, when we're allowing Him access and permission into our lives, He does something in our hearts and lives. And it doesn't really matter what the circumstances around us are. We keep our focus on Him and know that He is more than able to do exceedingly, abundantly, more than we could ever ask or even think. When we yield our hearts and lives to Him, when we seek the kingdom of God, not 2nd, 3rd, 87th, but 1st, and He will provide all the things that we need. The key to your life is to love God, obey God, commit to Him. Building our relationship with Jesus is a lifelong decision. So, let me ask you today, what's your decision? What are your decisions? Are you, are you going to commit this year to the Lord? Not only this year, but are you going to commit your life to the Lord? We love God. Well, I don't really know how to love God. That's okay. 
That's okay. Just begin to press into that relationship. Just begin to spend time with him. Will you obey God? And what does that look like? Does that mean I can, I can never chew tobacco or never have a beer? I don't know. It means different things for different people. But what is God saying to you? What, what is his word saying? When you pick up his word and read his word, what does his word say? There are some things that are really, really clear in there. There are some things that are not so clear. How long can I be on Facebook every day? You won't find that in the Bible. Actually, you may. You may find that he desires us to spend time with him more than Facebook, more than Instagram, more than watching TV. I was looking at you right when I said that. <laughs> more than whatever. Watching football games, okay, where's the mirror? I'll look at me. You know, whatever that looks like. Are we spending time with him? Not because we have to, but because we desire. So we love God. We obey God. We firmly commit your life to him. Through this series, I'll be talking about giving. Okay, I know many of you are thinking right now, okay, he's talking about dollars. Yeah, we'll talk about that. But we're also talking about giving of our time, our talents, and our treasure. Why do we come on Sunday morning? We're giving to the Lord. This is our reasonable service that we're giving to Him, that we're giving Him the first. And I'll talk more about that later in the series. And many of you know where I'm going with that. That God desires our best, not, not our leftovers. And so we come to church on Sunday morning to begin our week and say, God, I'm giving you the first of my day on Sunday. Sometimes we just need a fresh start. Thank you for tuning into our broadcast. For more information, be sure to find us at our website at www.lifefellowship.me or call us at 832-864-2800. Have a great week and remember to live it. God bless you.